Hey guys, I'm Stevie Nelson. And I'm Dave Horwitz. And this is I Burn Everything, a food and relationship podcast. In the time of social distancing. Dave, I'm happy to see that you're back in your closet. Yes, I, <laughs> I'm in my closet. It's less haphazard and, I, and I'm happy to say that I look less like I have been kidnapped and thrown in here and more like I have set it up. If you can see, Stevie, I've got, uh, I've got a big comfortable back pillow i've got i'm sitting on my yoga mat everything's great it looks nice and cozy and safe in there i'm really jealous (laughs) well you're living you're in your actual home in your office so i think you're maybe winning this maybe well it's debatable it's very debatable let's start our episode okay okay we got a wonderful guest he's uh he's a uh a wonderful comedian. He's got an album out called AKA on May 8th. Yep. Uh, and I, I, I know him from Boston and let's hope that that comes up. It's yep. Mike Kaplan. Yay. Let's do it. Hey, Mike. Hello. Thank you for doing it, for having me <laughs> and, uh, and being here, being there. being. Thank you for being so far away from me, like way more than six feet. Thank you for being, taking it really seriously, being like several time zones away. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm in the future, and so I'm just here to report that uh, it's the same as it oh, was no. three How hours ago. How far in the future? Okay, okay, Just okay. three hours, just three hours. Okay. Uh so I can't quantum leap fix anything. I could, here's what I can do for yeah. you is I could watch Jeopardy and then uh-huh. send you the answers so you can look like you know them all when it comes on for you. That's oh. more than, that's more than I can do for Stevie. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, please. I would love that. Um, I don't watch Jeopardy, but I would love to watch it for the first time and be to have someone think I'm a genius. So I'll FaceTime someone during that time and then answer all the questions and they'll be like, what the hell? Oh, oh yeah. I think, I think that would be even better for this, this character that you're, you're playing this. Uh, oh, uh, I've, what is this? What is Jeopardy? Like, and they're like, yeah. are you making a joke? Because that's literally how Jeopardy works. Like they say things like, what is Jeopardy? Like, no, what, what is it though? Wait, no, but questions. what is this they're like, show? Yeah, you're a natural, like, I guess, I don't know what it's just questions. And then you, and then they're, then you know, away. everything. yeah. Oh, it'd be so good. It'd be so, so good. Can I ask you sincerely a quick question? So you've—is it that you've never watched it, or you just <laughs> not regularly? Follow-up question. Yeah. Do you enjoy Celebrity Jeopardy on SNL, and do you think you would enjoy it more if you had seen the original source material? Because it's such a wonderful sketch. Well, here's here's the truth. Um, <laughs> I think I've maybe seen one or two episodes. Maybe um, it's not a it's. I don't, uh, how do I put this? You don't follow it. I get it. I get it. You don't know I'm the not whole a follower. trajectory. <laughs> no. So I'm not a follower. And so I have, <laughs> <laughs> it's a curse of being a leader. It's that you just uh, don't watch much TV. Um, yeah. So I don't, I don't know. I know what it is, um, but I don't watch it. I'm sorry. Uh, but the the for the follow up thank like, you for, for so, apologizing oh yeah yeah, yeah. i i really you don't you don't owe me anything jeopardy wise the follow-up i don't watch snl it, either 
so you've never you've never seen i i mean i don't recommend things all the time but like celebrity jeopardy is one of the funniest sketches that snl has ever done now i'm like disclaiming all of it but uh anyhow i mean you're also welcome to uh curate your own artistic uh syllabus so yeah yeah, yeah. i'm not we we've just met uh and i don't mean to (laughs) jeopardy splain to anyone (laughs) no no it's really okay i do watch um Chloe Feynman's Instagram. So sometimes I do see her sketches, um, but that's, that is all I'm interested in. Um, Did you grow up with it at all? Cause what we're, t- yes. what, what we're talking about now is uh, th- these sketches, I think went from maybe 96 or 97 to maybe like 2000. Yes. I did watch it as a kid, but I don't particularly remember that part of it, which is weird. Oh man. Uh, I know. I think it's when- good to not have such a, cause there's so many, specific opinions that one could have about SNL the the popular uh or I guess uh, uh standard one is oh the best era is the era that were, were from when I was a teenager because that's when I would stay up late and and watch it with my friends and talk about it at school on Monday and people wonder like well why don't I like it as much anymore and it's like well you you don't it's not that it's any le- less good or more or less good or bad it's that the the glimmer in your eyes has left a little bit because you're now an adult yeah. And teenage years are specifically like when your brain is turning from child to adult and like even music that you love then like or that you listen to then not even that you love the music that you knew as a teenager, you know, mm-hmm. decades later, you'll be like, it really it it catches you more. You can still find beautiful new music as an adult, but the music, even like the music that you're like, yeah, objectively, that isn't like the best music, the most original, the cat, whatever it was. But you're like, it holds a special place in your heart because you're it's your teenage brain's heart that's doing that stuff uh it's like what you what you said dave it makes complete sense it's like oh like the moment being in the moment like why isn't that moment as good as this moment or why isn't this moment like yes so it yeah it makes sense i'm sure that you had your own uh childhood teenage experiences that stuck with you and got into your brain uh whatever they are music comedy dance theater Otherwise, like here you are creating art. You must have consumed art. So whatever that was, I'm glad that you had it. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Um, I would go into all the art that I have consumed, but the truth is I'm more interested in you. Oh, 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 right. That's uh, I'm <laughs> I, I've not listened to all of your episodes, but I just assume that I come on and ask you questions about your teenage years. It's uh, welcome this to is, this is the mark of a true podcaster. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It really is someone who's just like, you know what? I want to ask you a question. I'm like, no, no, no. I want to ask you a question. Do you, do you know what's funny is uh, I, I have a podcast of my own and yes. I have been on the other side of this experience where somebody comes comes on and then I say some something in passing with something a topic ar- ar- like arises and then they're like wait a second what about you and you're like as the podcaster you're like well I I've actually probably talked about that one billion times you know like in in my life on my podcast and I'm like I don't want to be rude to the I'm like of course yeah. we're having a conversation like so thank you for 
uh, for in- indulging. I, I didn't want to say endure. I'm like enduring. Thank you for enduring <laughs> and or indulging me in this time. But please, I must insist this is your home. This Thank is you. your show. Please ask me questions that you want to ask me. I I do have questions. Um, <laughs> I do have questions. And then I just like, it's just silent for the rest of the episode. Um well, okay. My first question, first of all, how has social isolation been going for you in New York? Uh, what What do you mean social isolation? I haven't been paying attention to the news Uh-oh, or anything. Oh, Dave. That's a fun, Uh-oh, a fun Dave. Dave. I just moved into a commune last week. There's a lot of people. It's very fun. We're very open-minded. There's a lot of touching. Why? What's And we have no What's Wi-Fi up? here. Yeah. Big huggers. Um, so... I live in Brooklyn with my girlfriend. We okay. are we have a one bedroom, so I she's in the bedroom now with the door closed and possibly with uh, noise canceling headphones because I have uh, a voice that she has shared with me. Sometimes after I I do a show, a podcast, a streaming uh, event during this time, one time she had a headache and told me she's like, "Your voice is a very good voice for the job that you do, which is you know projecting <laughs> oh. it into the world through." And it, it, this might sound like passive aggressive but she is the sweetest person and she's being completely sincere she loves me she loves my voice she loves the things that i say in fact that's one of the reasons that she was attracted to me is because of the things that i said with my voice and now Mm -hmm. ironically here we find ourselves with me especially right now uh where i don't i usually leave the home to go talk and do my job or do podcasts in other places uh but right now it's all happening here right now i i have this album coming out so i'm perhaps doing even more reaching out more communing more electronic things than i would be i'm in a way oddly busier during this time which is kind of a nice thing the same way that comedy i think sometimes people go to comedy they go to they go to it or bring it to them for one of potentially two reasons or a spectrum or a range but one is to engage with what's going on like political comedy seeking truth to power another is to possibly escape perhaps you're on the front lines of the medical profession like all day long you want to come home and just like zone out and get out of there and so there's some combination like right now i'm i'm excited to be both escaping and engaging like what i'm like ooh, i'm doing a fun thing i'm communing with an old friend a new friend new potential people listening to my voice hearing my thoughts out there thank you for listening thank you for enjoying <laughs> or at least for engaging thank you for choosing to have my voice in your head right now and also the que- the very question of how i am off these days it just takes so much longer to go through the nuances of like what am I I'd say what am I what I'm up to most these days when people say like what are you up to in these times I'm like I guess I spend most of my time asking answering the question, what are you up to? Or how are you? That's uh, I, I spend a lot of time, which but I'm part of the way that I am whenever somebody asks the question is grateful that I am communing with a person who is asking that question, even if they just want me to say fine and move on, even if they have a lot more questions planned, even if they didn't think that every question that they asked would lead to this quality slash I mean, quantity, I guess what I mean is quantity of answer. <laughs> um, this level but uh i so i am mostly in my home uh okay. with my girlfriend sometimes uh, she's Who doing a lot of you're reading and too knitting. loud oh oh you're yeah, quiet oh, yeah. i mean <laughs> your quiet girlfriend who thinks you're too loud <laughs> uh she i i think she she doesn't think here's i'll i don't want to i don't want to argue with you <laughs> here in your home uh just uh, but I, I do understand why that could be the takeaway i want to say it's not that she thinks i'm too loud it's that she okay. thinks i 
am loud. I am myself. Oh, and I yeah. am the, in, in some ways, the right amount of loud. And it's also, uh, I'm not just one level all of the time. In fact, I've done one after that, the next show that I had, I, I moved close to the microphone, moved close <gasps> to the phone. Moved, and Love then I was it. like, how about an ASMR show right now? How about one that'll just be soothing right in people's ears? And also it'll leave the ears free and clear that are in the home nearby. Sometimes she loves listening to me as well. She doesn't always have a headache, but she yeah. is more often quieter than I. So we have been doing a lot of our own things and then, yeah, you know, good. being more purposeful and mindful about the activities that we engage in together, reading things, watching things, going through yeah. our books, going through clothing, cooking, been cooking more. Oh, uh, good. Yeah. So it's, there's, you, there's a you've lot, been there's cooking. a lot happening in a little space. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Oh, it oh, seems yeah, like, cooking. oh, is that, is that, oh, okay. yeah, I was, Go I was going to say, so you, you guys have been cooking together I read that you're a vegan, yeah? Is I that am. True? Okay, so it is. was it <laughs> what if it wasn't? Um is it hard? I was thinking about this with people with like extreme like not extreme diets, but like diets of like vegan or keto or food allergies. Was it hard for you or is it hard for you to find groceries right now? Like are are there exceptions that you're making because of it? What a what a thoughtful question. Uh, I at first I really like being assessed the 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 analysis of an extreme diet, like <laughs> the idea that as a vegan I am, uh, you know, that sounds aggressive and uh, and strong, and uh, it's yeah. a nice. I like that. I like that stereotype. Just let's. It's get like a Mountain Dew commercial. Yeah, yeah. that's um, our. That's the vibe we're going for with it. <laughs> to answer your question, uh, one in a slightly roundabout, but I'll I'll get to it as quickly and efficiently as I can. We've been going through our books. We have a massive amount of books. We're like, which okay. ones do we want to read? Which ones are we really planning to read? And so we have a stack of ones that we're like, this one I want to want to read it, but I think I'm not going to for real. So let's get rid of these so we can focus on the ones we want. One of the books I'm getting rid of that I haven't read, but I've read a little bit about like the back of and articles about is called The Art of choosing and my understanding is that too many choices are actually that can actually be more harmful you know like the mo money mo problems of choices uh, so, that, like, um, if you have it's called the paradox of choice and so it is like as a vegan, like when I've gone to restaurants, if it's a non-vegan restaurant, like sometimes I go to a vegan restaurant, I want to order, if I'm in a town I've never been to and I'm never going back to like for a while, I'll be like, I want to order everything on the menu. But if I go to a yeah. non-vegan restaurant where they have only a few, like three or four options, like three or four options, I think is the sweet spot for, you know, human comfort, human, like, Ooh, I have a choice, but not too much that it's overwhelming. So it's, in fact, I uh, I have not. I'm glad that the supply chains of food, the food supply chains, have not broken down. As far as I know, the I've gone shopping probably like four times in you know the past forty days or whatever okay. it is, and it's I go to the food co-op that's like just around the corner from my home, and then one sort of like twenty, uh, usually a twenty-four hour store that has some vegetables and much shorter lines to get into also, and uh, they have they have had all of if not all of the food every time, like the produce aisle oh. doesn't like, sometimes they're out of Brussels sprouts, sometimes they're out of squash, but then they have other things. And so I personally, I'm glad to have, you know, the, have the honed, like the constraint, sometimes, you know, in art, a constraint helps you write. If they're like, write about anything, yeah. like, well, what Hard. about write about 
this thing, right? Yeah. Write these monologue jokes, write about this topic, write a, a sketch or a movie or a book or be like, oh, focused about whatever it is, social justice, yourself, your personal life, pop culture, a specific thing. And so having having like my, my vegan diet was I didn't get it to uh, be just good for having fewer choices. Uh, it was uh, ba based more in the concern for animal welfare. But one benefit of that additionally on top is that uh, I'm like, oh, I just go to this aisle, I look for these mm. things. And uh, I I take what is there, what is what is present, what is healthy, what is enjoyable. And so, yeah, in this time, I've actually perhaps had an easier time of shopping where when I go to the co-op, they sometimes say when we like the people, they're like, have have an idea of what you're going to get. Don't just like shop around because it's a limited, yeah. you know, they only let 35 people in at once. And so it reminds me of like, Thanksgiving as a child, what before I was vegetarian, my my father is married to an Italian woman. They cooked, you know, all the Thanksgiving things and also a bunch of Italian things like that aren't, you know, classically necessarily thought of as Thanksgiving food. And I would just stuff myself and be hurt. And then eventually when I was vegetarian and eventually vegan, I was like, oh, this is way easier. Like, I don't understand how everybody else who can eat everything, like for even yeah. just on a practical level, like not even thinking about the animal welfare, which I, I encourage people to think. About. But even just think about your own welfare. I think about my own welfare. I hurt myself when I wasn't vegan. How long have you been vegan? Uh, vegan about 18 years. Whoa. How long did you do it for, Stevie? Three. Three. Hmm. That's yeah, clo three close. Yeah, it's a lot. It's very close. <laughs> it's not a competition. <laughs> No, but I am so close to you. It is not funny. <laughs> I mean, you should you should try to. I mean, if you want, you don't have to, but you can. You don't have to watch Jeopardy. You don't have to catch up to me. But you know, you're. Uh, you, it's definitely a real tortoise hare situation. I don't know which one. Either one. I, I guess I'm the hare because I'm. I guess I'm both of them because I'm eating like vegetables and they they probably eat some grass and lettuce and stuff. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know. You just. And you. I don't know. You're not even in the race. <laughs> no, no, I found uh, out of the well, race. Think, <laughs> I'm wondering. Uh, uh, Stevie, if you ask that question, because I I feel like uh, Mike and and this is it could just be it could be an LA thing. It could be a, a if if there was a co-op or a CSA box in my life, there'd be something that maybe that would be it would be a different story for me. But I have found, um, and obviously I, I've I try to eat and have been eating uh, less uh, animal products this time, especially dairy. But some of the things that have been hardest for me to find, at least. Um, consistently have been what I think would be staples or what I understand to be staples of a vegan diet, for example, lentils, beans, rice. Um, ha has that been an issue for you at all? Have you needed to say like, okay, this week we'll have less of the, you know, vegan chili recipe we were going to make or, or something like that. Or has it just been like, uh, I guess educate me on the, on the life of someone who goes to a Brooklyn co-op. Cause it sounds a lot better than me uh, fist fighting my way through the Los Feliz Albertsons. <laughs> Sure. I mean, one thing is, uh, so we, I, we did legitimately just moved into this apartment that has a larger kitchen than our last one a few months, like in October, a few months ago. And uh, then and we're like, part of it, it, it the apartment's slightly more expensive, but we're like, we'll cook a little more and that'll help us save money on how much we were not cooking before eating from elsewhere. And we only now really kicked into high gear, like learning 
learning how to or realizing that we knew all along the recipes for uh, roasted, mostly were roasting vegetables like uh, broccoli, cauliflower. Uh, we've got some sweet potatoes. Um, we're thinking about thinking about some carrots. We've got uh, mm. Brussels sprouts. Like those are the main uh, roastings that we have going on. And then a lot of the rest of it, uh, of our diet. We do have some like frozen meals. There's like these, my girlfriend is gluten-free in addition to vegan. So we have these vegan gluten-free burritos. Uh, Ooh, there's a cute dog in the picture now. I, I'm sorry if you're just listening and don't see a cute dog, but I see it and it's licking the microphone. <laughs> um, it's adorable. Uh, so we get, we've got these like sort of Amy's, I think meals that are like, some of them are like, it's very easy to be, you know, especially compared to, you know, it might be four bucks for this frozen dinner that is easy to cook in the microwave, uh, that compared to, you know, going out to a restaurant that costs more. Uh, but we've also got these cans of soup, like a bunch of lentil soup, a bunch of, I mean, hummus. So as far as like, you know, we've got your, your lentils, your chickpeas, your various, we've got some tofus in there. And uh, so it's actually, I mean, you could do this at Trader Joe's. You could do this probably at any any supermarket. I'm not here to advocate for any one over another. I do recommend the Park Slope Food Co-op. Uh, you probably can't become a member right now from where you are. But uh, I'm I'm certainly not the the cooking est. I've I cook now more okay. than I ever have in my life. But I I've gone from like zero to zero to thirty. You know, uh, whatever a, a comfortable stroll <laughs> along is. But it's mostly just getting vegetables that we like and putting putting them in olive oil and spike seasoning and salt and pepper, and then putting them in and being like, wow, the broccoli really. Uh, like it roasts, it's got like that, it's the broccoli's hair gets so crispy and crunchy. And like, I'm not, I'm, I can't take credit for it. I'm just like, you know, rolling it around in a bowl, uh, with these ingredients that I'm like, is, are there rules? I'm like a, you know, I was good at math in school. I'm like, oh, do these equations exactly like this. And it seems like there's some recipes that are like, oh yeah, put this exactly here and do exactly this. But this week, my girlfriend was kind of just like, just, you know, like use a little bit of it, like, you know, feel it out, try it, try it away. Way. And I was like, just try it. Just don't. And she's like, what What do you do with comedy? You just got on stage and started trying things and then you figured out what worked for you. And I was like, yeah, I guess I could do exactly what I do for my career in my home <laughs> while cooking as well. You're, and so now I'm like, oh, yeah, I just I do this. I put it on this tray. I put it in there. And then I also eat soup and frozen burritos. Well, when you say um, when you say zero to 30, I mean, it is. Uh, look, I I. I relate. I feel like I went from 10 or tw 20 to 70, uh, mm -hmm. which is, which is on, again, not much difference. Um, it is interesting how daunting it can feel. And then you're just like, I, I think what you said is funny of, Oh, because literally, especially roasting, because I've been doing a little bit more, especially roasting vegetables, just what, like one, one sh uh, sheet pan uh, meals that are, I, I had no, Oh, you can, cook potatoes and brussels sprouts and and uh and, and asparagus at the same temperature at the same time in the same pan and well but the way you prep it must be really hard no you toss it with some spices and some salt and pepper and some olive oil and you're like oh okay well i guess i've had truly no excuse for my whole life for not doing this and i yeah it it resonate. I, I'm like, I feel like you just said to me that what I said resonated and I was about to be like, what you say with really resonates with me. And it's just like, <laughs> you know, an echo chamber going back and mm -hmm. forth. But like, I just to, I feel like skiing is something that I, that I did for a little while when I was like a teenager, maybe in a young, a young 20 something. 
and I loved doing it, but it always seemed like such a to do to to get to where the fun was happening. Like, yeah, you had to, you know, bring all the gear uh, to a place, travel like it. It seemed like and even swimming was like that. Like, I love yeah. swimming, but it's like, oh, you got to then shower after. I'm like, I don't know, like any one of the things that you're like, what is the thing that you actually don't want to do? You're like, I like driving in a car. I like you can listen to music. You can talk to your friends like I like showering. That feels good to get clean after you've had an experience like the now and so I feel like the same way I'm I'm able to like it it really own for me only seems like it would be like cooking was this daunting thing like I'm not good at it I don't know how to do it and then even if I know how to do it do I want to it takes time I could be doing other things with my time the same way before I started meditating I was like yeah. why why would I want to just sit why would I yeah. want to be why do why would I want to take like a brief sabbath each morning to think about you know like not even think about just to before I plunge into the depths of social media the news like before I'm like what what if I what if I what, don't finish all the garbage TV that I want to watch? What what then? OK, OK, meditation. And so cooking now has become this kind of, you know, like meditative experiment where I'm like, I enjoy doing it partially because of the result. The same way that when I started, when I became vegetarian and started eating healthier, I, I think the food started tasting better. I at least started enjoying it more. I'm like, ooh, I'm do like clearly if if somebody came out tomorrow and said, hey, broccoli, uh, we found out it causes it's poison. All the broccoli is poison. I would have I'd be like, well, that's I liked eating it. I'll be done eating it. If somebody did that for peanut butter or like a, a sweet treat that I love, I'd be like, oh, that's like maybe more of a loss. But now we got a problem. It's psychologically <laughs> shifted, like like eating, eating healthily, eating the vegetables that, you know, help sustain, you know, uh, my my living in a way that makes me feel good. Like it feels good to be doing the thing that I know is good for my body as far as I know. And so cooking is like that additionally it's like i'm doing it if i'm cooking for my girlfriend which is nice or even if it was just me I'd be, i feel like i'd be like oh this is this is great like i'm i feel i'm self-sufficient like i don't have i don't have a lot of things where like one time this uh masculine comedy club owner asked me he's like what's the manliest thing that you do and i was like i not i mean answer question like i didn't i didn't understand like i didn't if that was i was like do men talk like this uh i'm like i am one but uh what's happening and i feel <laughs> like so i think the concept of like being a man in in the way that a lot of people you know uh intend it isn't what i want to say but i feel like i'm really being i'm like literally self-actualizing like I'm being myself I'm and a better version of myself by knowing how to cook by cooking for myself by creating the food that is create helps like the food becomes me literally actualizing myself if I don't eat food then there is no actual self the self will go away because you literally are what you eat you you become the food the food becomes you so I feel like it really is this almost like a combination spiritual grounding thing where I'm like, while I'm doing it, none of it 
feels bad like I imagine like none of it is the scary thing that it seemed like it was going to be before like before you know how to do anything you're like mm, I don't know I fear change because change represents death and I don't know what the ultimate unknown is and so the the but what am I worried about here I'm like oh no I'm afraid who's going to die the version of me that didn't know how to cook the version of me <laughs> that didn't know how to care for myself as well the, the you know who's dying is the version of me who doesn't know how to fully help myself live I'm like isn't that isn't it better for that person to die and then be reborn as this uh, person who roasts vegetables once in a while. Oh yeah, at the very worst, at the beginning, the 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 only thing the only thing in jeopardy of dying is like uh, a, a a pan of charred broccoli that cooks a little bit too long, and then the next batch is going to be good. Um, but I do think it can feel daunting and intimidating, and I also think that I I kind of have the same relationship that you had at the beginning to cooking to meditation and I'm, I've like dipped my toe in and it's um honestly, it's, it's very, it, it was like immediately nice. And yet it's like, it's like for me, it's been like sticking my foot into like the most beautiful, well uh, uh, heated pool and then going like, mm, but I, I don't know about this. <laughs> like this is, this is as about as good as it could be. And yet, uh, I don't know if I want to give myself over to mindfulness right now, even though this is the time when I probably need it the most. I, I, you too. I know, Stevie, you do it uh, daily. Um, how long have uh, have you been doing it, Mike? Is this, a, is this a quarantine thing or is this a several years thing or what? Good question. First, I like the idea like, uh, I'll be in the moment later. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know if being mindful right now is where uh, I'm at in my schedule. You know, that thing, there's like a, a fun, a fun meditation joke where they say, and it's also in a way, yeah, it's sort of like a Zen koan, I guess more. I was going to say, is it the truth where they say, uh, if you have time, meditate 10 minutes a day. And if you don't have time, meditate an hour a day. So mm. I, I started meditating, I would say probably around 2014, if I if I had to pick, uh, which I don't have to, but I choose to. It's I'd say give or take a year. I was either like 2013, 2014. Um, I'd heard about it. I'd you know read about it, like articles, and it, the I think the preponderance of evidence, both from like science, like the data that suggests, like even there's a can I tell you a a story about I don't know if this is a true story, but I heard a story about Niels Bohr, the physicist, once that Einstein came and visited him and saw that he had a, a horseshoe over his door, and he was like, "Do you?" you believe in luck and superstition? Niels Bohr, you're a scientist. And Niels Bohr says in the story, he says, well, I don't believe in it, but they say that it works even if you don't believe in it. And, <laughs> and then I heard a thing that Neil deGrasse Tyson said once, which was about science and about how science works even if you don't believe in it. Like, you know, the, the physical world uh, is, does do things like whether or not if you, if you close your eyes and you're like, I don't think that the, the earth is going to rotate the way that it did yesterday, probably you're not right. Um, and so with respect to that, I feel like meditation, all, everything that I learned about it from like comedians who I knew who were doing it and sort of, I'm not, they weren't like raving about it, you know, the equivalent, the meditative equivalent of being like, I like it and it could probably work for you as well because uh, it probably could be a thing that everyone could look into. And I was like, I don't know. And so I was resistant like you, but then just listening to like TED Talks and like segments on NPR and re just reading all these things that it was like the confluence of of the scientific 
uh, evidence, the scientific community, and also like the woo-woo community that I felt I felt like more aligned with, let's say, the the sciencey crowd than the woo-woo-y crowd at the time. But I was like, well, if science and magic agree, like who am I, you know, if they're both like believe and not only not be, not do it because we say to and not that believe and it will make it magically true, but like try this thing and see if it works for yourself within yourself. And if hey, like you're in charge, like you don't have to, if you don't want to, but if you do it, like, what if I, what if I find it valuable and then I want to keep doing it? Uh, good. Then if you, or don't, if you don't like, what if the pool's so warm that I just want to live in that pool forever and I never come out? Uh, that's not how it works. Don't worry about it. Like, uh, think about that. Like, what if I get too enlightened that I stop living my life? Uh, you, don't worry your head will go towards the clouds but your feet will be able to remain on the ground and so my body will stretch no, just just do it if you want to or yeah. don't leave me alone you know uh and leave leave me alone in the all oneness that we all are so yeah i i started doing it with headspace the app and then i tried a couple other like insight timer and now i've been using sam harris's uh waking up app i think it's called mostly with apps sometimes uh at classes or in groups uh uh, my a friend of mine, a few different friends lead sort of like breath work and yoga and or, you know, sound healing kinds of meditation sessions. So I've tried a lot of things uh, and have found them all valuable in different ways. That's fantastic. Yeah, we both use Insight Timer. And uh, also just something I found out for our L.A. listeners, apparently for L.A. residents, Headspace is free all the month of May. Yeah. Which is great. It's amazing. Mm. What so a get cool into it. gift to give all LA residents. Hey guys, Stevie here. Just wanted to say, hey, why don't you contact us? You can email us at iburneverythingpod at gmail.com or you can even call our hotline and leave a message 213-458-5236. It's 213-458-5236. Five two three six, and we may even talk about your message or email on a future episode. So get to it. I love that you meditate. I think that's cool. I also understand why people. I've talked to a lot of people about meditation. I do transcendental meditation, and I talked to a lot of people about it. And I understand the fear around not wanting to meditate. Um, I think there is a real I, when before I started meditating, which is probably like at this. 15 years ago now, I was afraid that if I meditated, it would um, take away like my edge, like the thing that makes you funny or the thing, because it seems like um, I, probably I had some sort of belief that if you were like a little unhinged, it's what made you interesting or funny. And it's so, it's so interesting that that was my fear because it hasn't changed that part. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't unleash on people by any means, but it's like, it doesn't make you on anything. It just makes you more yourself. For sure. Uh, if I may do a brief, a brief scene, uh, this is a caricature of a, a you like character and a me like character. You yep. say uh, 15 years ago, I'll, I'll play both parts for now for a moment if you, if you don't mind. Yes, uh, please do. So this is you, you say you, the you character says, uh, yeah, 15 years ago, I was worried that like if I was if I started meditating, I would just become unfunny and i'm like oh god did it happen uh so is it, it uh, are you are you still no yeah. it did um, happen 
<laughs> and now I only but, do serious. I do serious, sincere podcasts now, and nothing. I don't make a joke. <laughs> I mean, well, I think it's a valuable service as well. Here's the thing: is <laughs> if uh, if you did like if I did become not funny from meditating, it would be in part. It would come along with not caring that like the part of you that worries like what if i what if something changes and i'm not and i don't and the, what if what if i get what if i worry less and what if it's my worry that if not makes me me keeps me alive uh and while while we're alive don't don't worry i think you're you're don't worry about stopping worrying or if you like because you're already you're already there you're already worried um <laughs> i mean yeah I, I i it's i think i think it Someone could, in in this time, and it's an untested theory, but I think that a person could get as close to actual enlightenment and or just pure nirvana as possible. And because of the crushing weight of what's happening in the world right now, you still wouldn't be fully there. You'd still be like blissed out for most of your day and mindful and at peace. And then you'd just be like, oh, God, what's the death toll today? Shit. Shit. And how many ventilators do we not have? Fuck. I would I would add to that. I think that's a hundred percent and more, uh, so a larger number than a hundred percent. My understanding of at least, let's say, from a, a Buddhist framework, uh, from some things that I've read and learned in classes, that the 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 function of enlightenment or the goal of enlightenment is like not solely personal. In fact, that's almost impossible. It's to be to become enlightened is to desire and then help along everyone else on that trajectory, on that path of their own internal growth and hopeful enlightenment and to, you know, to help ease all the suffering of the world, to help every, if you got to a place where you're like, oh yeah, no worries. Like it's not even, that's not like, I feel like that's a, a, a stereotype, a caricature that, uh, that makes, it makes sense from the perspective that, we we either have now or have had at times that the the person just sitting on top of the mountain with no no cares in the world just waiting for people to climb and ask them questions not you know helping donate money or feed the hungry or you know get you know flatten the curve in the like they're certainly flattening the curve if they're all the way up there uh much <laughs> farther than six feet away but they're like yep that's uh, that's the thing to do yeah somebody comes up what do i do to help in this time oh you shouldn't have come here you should ask that question from further down the mountain into your should own have emailed self. the question yeah. yeah uh we've got wi-fi up here on this mount but uh but yeah, that part of part of the goal of, you know, of helping oneself along one's own path is to then when, you know, when your oxygen mask is on as much as it can be, uh, help other people get those oxygen masks on, which is all I never thought about this sort of the connection of uh, breathing as like, you know, the, the object of meditation and for a lot of people in a lot of ways that breathing is something that we do involuntarily automatically and then in meditation sometimes it our attention is drawn to it be like focus on the breath so that that is you're more aware of it bring your awareness to your breath and then if it goes away you're like oh let's get back to the breath and a friend of mine Corey allen has a podcast the astral hustle posted recently he said something like letting go is something that is like exhaling like you're never done you're never like okay so i exhaled and that's enough of that it's like it's as long as you're taking things in whether it's air 
information life like it involves like a constant process you know you're you're you have to okay i ate well okay then then you you undid eating and then you have to eat again if you want to keep living you get to keep putting food yeah. and air and water and experiences into your body breathing them in and then breathing them out whether literally or metaphorically so i like the idea of the the oxygen mask is something that you you put on yourself and then also you have to keep in a way you know breathing how does that <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I love that um how does that relate to relationships for you great question uh i so um i think that in a lot of ways uh like this breathing metaphor is valuable to me like in my in my comedy, I'll get to I'll, I think I'll step stone to relationship after one thing. Uh, yes. Under under in the before times, under quote unquote ordinary circumstances, I would travel about half the time for my comedy work, be at home about okay. half the time, and I would value both of those things as I value inhaling and exhaling. Like I love traveling to a new place. I love returning to my same place. Like there's mm. a quote. A quote I love from a poet, Robert Haas, I believe, or Haas, I've only seen it written. He says, uh, vari repetition makes us feel secure and variation mm. makes us feel free. And freedom and security Ooh, are that. these two beautiful yin-yangs, aspects of like valuable things. Like, you know, if you have too much the same thing, maybe you'll get bored. If you have too many different things, maybe you won't feel grounded or centered. So you need some combination, some equilibrium or balance of both. Uh, with my girlfriend, for example, uh, we have we each have our own sort of, you know, our our mutual like hangout libido, our our introversion, extroversion spectrum that we're each on. We each have our own, you know, needs and wants. And I so I think that we, you know, in this relationship, we both uh, it's important for each person. And perhaps this is true beyond this as well. But I can only speak for my I can only speak for myself and my girlfriend. I have been uh, deputized <laughs> and authorized to speak on her behalf. Uh, cool. Can you send us? Legal. Um, yeah. As if you would like, please send us that um, the document she signed. The document? Uh, saying that. Oh, yeah. yeah, of course. Of course. Of course. Uh, yeah. Okay. She is. Uh, yeah. Obviously. Uh, I don't I mean, I'll, I'll, I have it. Oh, I have it right here. Uh, great. Okay, Certainly. Great. I didn't just uh, write this up myself. It's a forgery. Um, <laughs> Evie, she's get the cops me. over. She's we authorized got, I, me to forge things. Absolutely. I have, I'm sorry. I'm sending the cops to your house. And oh, that's. Just tell them to keep six feet away, and that's uh, or not or a problem. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I do think that we, you know, we communicate uh, first, hopefully, with ourselves, with you know, within ourselves, to be like, what are my wants and needs on you know on a yeah. large scale in the relationship or on a small scale day to day, and then we communicate those wants and needs, those desires, those like where we are and who we are, like with each other to each other, and so I think that like similarly. Uh, similar to the the breathing in and out, important to inhale and exhale uh, in a relationship. Let's say in a monogamous relationship, which I am, I am in a monogamous relationship now. So it's uh, certainly math wise works. There's her and me, and there's like my own time, and then there's our time. And for her, there's her time, and there's our time. And like with breathing in and out, it's important to uh, be aware of, be mindful of, be conscious of. Uh, the what the ideal balance is both a combination of internally and in intra uh, you know between between our in, within ourselves and between ourselves so it's nice to like breathe in the relationship 
uh, or it's nice to breathe in our alone time and breathe out the I, the metaphor uh, has stopped working. But uh, there'll be another <laughs> one any day now. But uh, I do think that that is that is something that I have like gleaned and get to like like continuing to breathe, continue to learn and assess and be present and know know that if you know at a time like we with the same way that we check our own bodies hopefully to know like if i if i am in a mood of a kind that isn't my favorite mood like a question could be that i ask myself or sometimes that my girlfriend asks myself it's like have you eaten recently have you eaten today because if i haven't eaten in some amount of time i might be crankier for and not know that that is what's happening or that is why and mm -hmm. i might my initial defensive reaction might be like maybe but that's not what this is about and then i'll eat and i'll be like it's a little bit about what it was about and <laughs> uh so similarly the way that we can you know it, it could be with sleep as well if we haven't had enough sleep if we haven't had enough food or for my girlfriend alone time uh you know time just you know the the various ways to care for ourselves uh it's good to do that internally within ourselves and it's also good to do that within the relationship and if there's a time when we it seems like we are you know facing a challenge if we're not in complete harmonious alignment of of wants and needs like i mean sometimes she's asleep and i'm awake sometimes i'm awake and she's asleep sometimes maybe that was the same one both but uh it's always <laughs> that way it's never i i think i said it i think i switched them both <laughs> but uh I, I i'm always awake and she's always asleep i guess she's sleeping beauty and uh awesome. i'm just uh that's my it's dream the last relationship dance with mary jane <laughs> it's the tom petty's last dance with mary jane video where he's dancing with a corpse the entire time yeah, that's uh, my dream. Just like a silent boyfriend who's always asleep. Oh, count me in. But actually, yeah. I, 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 I would need, I wouldn't mind a constantly sleeping girlfriend, but I would need her to wake up sometimes um, so I could be uh, kind of next to her face when she wakes up and they go, you are sleeping or you looked so peaceful. <laughs> I want to be that. I want to be that. I want to be the creepy boyfriend so bad. I think I'm. I think I'm doing my girlfriend a disservice by being like kind of normal. Me too. You I know? think you need to like wake someone up. up. Yeah, you need to wake someone up definitely by being like, you look so cute when you sleep like that. You should have seen the face you were making. <laughs> <laughs> my, my girlfriend does, uh, I think does that to me more. Uh, I, I would say I normally wake up before her, but last night she went to sleep a few hours earlier than I did. And so I was up late and slept a couple hours later than her. And she takes longer than I do normally to in the morning, like become herself again, you know, like come back to waking life as it were. Mm -hmm. uh, but so today she had done that and I woke up and I was like, and you know, sort of creaky, like a, like a haunted house door puppy, just kind of like crawling over. And she was like, oh, this is, you know, and she like takes pictures of like my feet while I sleep sometimes if they yeah. are in a cute configuration. And uh, it's, yeah, so I think it's important to uh, know that, you know, you're not always going to be on the exact same page, but, you know, I can always breathe on my own. I can always, you know, if she needs time for herself and I, I'm like, I can, I can be by myself. I can meditate. I can read a book. I can make music. I can call a friend. I can go for a walk. I can make tea. I can stop talking and rest. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I think, See? you know, we, we've been, we've been talking to, um, 
a handful of people who are are uh, quarantining with people and it runs the gamut from, oh, we just moved in together. We moved in because of this. We've been together for a while. And so it's kind of organically happening, just the whole spectrum. And it sounds like uh, through uh, not divine intervention, but through, uh, you know, real effort. I mean, I think like I think we haven't had anyone on who is, you know, young 20s living with someone because I'm sure that there's going to be some hardships there. But I think the more you get under your belt, like I think I would be much more equipped. I'm not quarantining with my girlfriend, but I think if I was, I'd be this version of me is is and and this is the version who is not afraid of cooking, who's not afraid of communicating, who, um, you know, who who doesn't uh, shut down if there's an argument like I think uh, who who's not opposed to meditation. I think um, I think that this is this time is like really testing uh, uh, people's metal in that in that way, inside and outside of a relationship too. Um, so I'm I'm I don't know. I I've yet to hear somebody during this little mini series we're doing and been like, yikes, good luck. But it definitely seems like uh, you guys know what you're doing and and are equipped to deal with it. Um, we are gonna wrap up, but I have been asking every single one of our guests the same question, and it's mostly selfish because. I need these things, but I think our audience also does too. Do you have a streaming recommendation? Now, this could be something you would even have. Let's extend yes. it to you. Might have to buy it on iTunes, but you know, uh, reality TV is fine. Scripted TV is fine. I've been watching all the scummiest seventies detective movies: Gene Hackman and Night Moves, Elliot Gould and The Long Goodbye, etc. Um, do you have anything for us in across any category? I do. And can I first respond briefly, if as briefly as I can, to the last thing that you said as well about relationships? Is that may I mm-hmm. may I do that? Of course. Yes. Uh, first, I'd say, yikes. Oh, boy. Good luck, everyone. I, I know you said nobody's ever <laughs> yeah. said that, but I, I wanted to be the first. Um, <laughs> a thing that's been valuable for me and my relationship for us is uh, to hopefully always strive to remember that uh, we have the best of intentions for each other and for ourselves and for the relationship that like if we if one of us is, you know, not underslept or under has not eaten or whatever the case is, like zooming out, we can intellectually know at least like I want her to be happy. She wants me to be happy. We, we want each other to be fulfilled. We want to help each other, you know, have an enjoyable, productive, restful, like as as uh, f- flourishing an experience as possible. And that, so if anyone's out there in a relationship and, uh, hopefully, hopefully that can be true, at least in the abstract, like it, 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 on the day to day, you know, I, I, on the flip side of that is in these times in particular that like, there's a, a great stressor, you know, from the outside. So if that leads to stress on the inside, that's very reasonable. And so the idea of like, maybe people are leading, maybe it's bringing more out of people. Maybe it's bringing, you know, more, like of all things of more compassion, more understanding or more stress, more anxiety, maybe more fighting. Like, and all of those things are very like natural. Like if you're out in the rain, you're going to get wet no matter what your attitude is. And, uh, like there's a, a brief analogy. This is, I, I, I don't need to promise, but I do think this one is brief. And then I'll, the streaming recommendation I have right away. <laughs> uh, so just stream your own consciousness. That's all I recommend. I have one for real, but, uh, it's actually kind of related to that. But uh, the analogy is there. I've heard this thing said that in a long distance relationship, in a relationship, distance is like the wind. 
if the relationship is a flame, that it will fan a great forest fire, like wind will spread a big fire, but wind will extinguish a candle. So like distance will do that to a relationship. People are like, oh, distance, you know, it'll never work. But sometimes it does if the people, you know, if it's the right people at the right time, like, you know, behaving and acting and thinking and conceiving of it uh, as mindfully and possible in as possible in the right way. And similar to that, I think proximity, like when people are uh, the opposite of distanced, uh, when they are together unavoidably in times like this, I think for us, I feel like it's the same thing. Like our We've been living together for several years. We've been able to leave the house in the past. Now we're not as much, but it's hopeful. It's helpfully, hopefully, bringing us closer together. That it's fanning the flame as opposed to extinguishing it. And so, hopefully, that can be helpful to other people as well. Uh, and I would hope so. It certainly makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, I. It's been. It's just been something that has helped me to conceive of. And I, I hope that, uh, you know, whatever your situation is out there, that uh, you are either thriving in it or forgiving yourself and accepting and not beating yourself up for not thriving because it's very reasonable to feel yeah. non-thrivey these days. I'm that one. <laughs> I'm that and, one. Very, being very forgiving, uh, interspersed with uh, being real tough on myself. But it always ends with, hey, man, uh it really seems like you're trying oh thanks yeah i am okay good well that's all you can do for today so uh you've earned uh sitting in bed and watching a movie until your eyes glaze over and you fall asleep oh yeah um, so speaking of recommendation uh is a fairly new uh netflix edition the animated show uh midnight gospel Midnight yes. Gospel is unbel. It's it's my favorite thing that I've watched recently. I just watched it, and I'm gonna watch it all the way again through with my girlfriend. It's uh, based on Duncan Trussell's podcast conversations that he has with these great, you know, meditative thinkers, sometimes spiritual guides, people who are talking about death and life and drugs and love and loss and connection and uh, all on sort of the, the backdrop of these like psychedelic-ish, you know, like extra, you know, other dimensional traveling beings. Like, you know, it's again, like sort of the the thing that I love of the a fusion of just like the, the most out there and the most in here. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I so I most, I recently watched the first episode, which is uh, it's a conversation between Duncan Trussell and Dr. Drew, surprisingly. And they're talking about psychedelics and the legalization of drugs and everything. And it's set against the backdrop of it's Pendleton Ward who created adventure time. Some of the most wild, creative, insane animation you've ever seen. Maybe, and maybe haven't seen since like, ralph bakshi and don bluth in the 70s and 80s i mean i'm a i'm a huge it's basically like hits all my sweet spots of like people smarter than me talking about something i'm interested in and visuals that are like uh, melting my face so that's an extremely uh great recommendation um i would say where can people find you but quickly um tell us uh, a little bit about your album and where they might find that uh sure the album is called aka uh it is Originally, the the title was going to be All Killing Aside. That's what I was touring the hour as, All Killing Aside, because it was uh, focusing on themes of love and compassion and not murdering. Those were the main uh, themes that I would say. Uh, Three great the, tenets. Oh, yeah. In these, you know, we don't need Ten Commandments, just uh, just these couple. It's really could get down to just love and not murdering. Just love, really. But uh, 
because of the timing of the release, uh, mid-pandemic, uh, we I talked to my producer and my mother, and my mother was like, maybe don't have killing in the title. Maybe have a call it all kidding aside. And I was like, okay, that's cool. <laughs> Put that in, into consideration. And so we called it AKA, short for all killing aside, all kidding aside for my mother. And also, uh, it's also also known as. So the, mm-hmm. title, the original title is also known as AKA. And uh, it is, I, my name is also an AKA of sorts. Mike Kaplan spelled the way I do. I was given the name Michael Adam Kaplan, M-A-K at birth. And this is almost the end of my Ask Me Anything. This is my AKA, M-A-K-A-M-A about my album <laughs> that I think is oh, A-OK that comes out on the 8th of may it is available for pre-order currently currently on on today as we record on may day uh i'm sorry if you don't want people to know when we record but uh yeah it's it's all the places that you know albums could be found physical copies and otherwise available at blonde medicine the record label.com blonde medicine.com slash aka it's also you could download it at on iTunes or stream it at Apple Music or stream it wherever you want. And I appreciate you engaging with it. It is available for pre-order and a few tracks are available now. And then May 8th, everywhere into your brain. Go get AKA and uh, follow Mike on Twitter. He's very funny. Mike, thank you so much for doing our show. It's good to see you again. I don't think I've seen you since Sean Perlman and I did your podcast in Los Angeles, which I believe was at this point five years ago six years ago so my goodness and also uh because you wanted to talk about it we both knew each other in boston thank you so much for having me and uh (laughs) it's been a great pleasure i really it's it's nice to see you and hear you same same over here uh stay stay safe stay sane uh keep roasting them veggies and roasting those hecklers oh. on stage <laughs> Ooh, we're not nice. going to edit that out but just know in my heart i would like to uh we, thanks for being we will mentally being delete show, it <laughs> bye mike stevie that was pretty cool huh that was so cool that guy is so smart i know he is so quick i um it's funny you know we haven't I did his podcast a couple years ago with my old podcast partner, Sean Perlman, and it was super fun. But before that, I hadn't seen him in a very long time. Yeah. And when we were both uh, bumping around or, or knocking around Boston and doing doing stand up at this very, very small uh, comedy club above a Chinese restaurant called The Comedy Studio, which has the same backdrop and sign I think it's had since 2000 and zero, 1999, maybe. Who knows? But um, he was just so he's just always been so sharp and I, you know, I knew he was going to have kind of a, an interesting and unique perspective on everything that's going on right now. And especially as it pertains yeah. to his life, but very, uh, I was very impressed. Me too. So impressed. So quick. I, it was cool to learn about him. I hope everybody checks out his album, which uh, at the time of release will be, I think officially out. Yeah. So go get it. And uh, and tell him Dave and Stevie sent you. Although there's probably no one to tell because you're probably just going to get it on iTunes or something. Maybe shout it out loud as you're buying it. Dave and Stevie sent me. Dave and Stevie sent me. <laughs> and then the neighbors are like banging on the wall like, shut the fuck up. You're a fucking asshole. Like, I, I, every day I got to listen to you singing in your room by yourself, recording your podcast in your closet. Just shut up. I can hear every word. <laughs> okay, Jesus. Okay, I get it. What are we 60? What are we 60 full days into this and we're getting impatient? I get it. Yeah, that's exactly what's happening. Um, Are you you're we're like 60 days in Dave. How are you feeling? 
<laughs> How you feeling? <laughs> How you feeling? The the question on everybody's lips is to everyone they talk to is how you feeling. I am. Um, I feel mostly okay. I would call today a, a good day. My sleep schedule, sadly, is completely, totally insane. Thrown completely out of whack. Oh I yeah. I do not know. I do not know what's happening. Um, I had some work due today, and I I set an alarm, and I said I'm going to get eight hours of sleep. I'm going to go to sleep at twelve, and I'm going to wake up at eight, and I'm going to work for four hours. Ambitious. And, uh, I got into bed. <laughs> I got into bed at midnight. Uh huh. What happened? I, I, I and I pulled the covers up to under my chin, and I sh- oh, and I shut my little eyes. Cute. And, and then I was awake until three forty-five in the morning. Oh my gosh! There's nothing worse feeling than not being able to sleep. I, you know, it's interesting. You're one of probably 10 people that has shared with me that they've had trouble sleeping. And I also did, um, like two weeks ago, I pretty much couldn't sleep at all. Like I was having the same thing where I'd lay down, I'd be so tired. 4am rolls around and I'm like, what the flying fuck? (laughs) Um, I've, I've gotten a hold of it, been taking my magnesium and, but I think it's just a sign of the times, you know? Oh, I mean, there's just a bunch of, uh, I wouldn't call them all bad, but I would just say that there's an abundance of thoughts running around in all of our little heads as we're trying to go to sleep. Yeah. Um, and any amount of distractions or winding down tools are, are, are either working or not working in varying degrees. And I got to say, I've, I've, I don't know if I've come to the end of the line with, uh, I mean, I've certainly ran out of, um, scummy 70s detective movies to watch before bed that was like about that was maybe three weeks ago that i ran out um or that they it just stopped being uh effective yep um and now i've you know i've tried to i've i've been cutting down on on drinking i'm not um yeah i'm not doing too much crazy stuff before bed but who 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 is to say what could make this better but um I think uh, nothing within me is going to help. I think it's only. Nah. Uh, I think the government. I think the government could help. I think the government could help. I think the president could help if he knows how. Uh, if he ever, you know, I don't know, picked up a fucking book or something. <laughs> um, I mean, if the president and vice president would just, even for a show, even just for a big old yes. show, if they just wore a, if they wore a mask in public and didn't take it off and didn't answer a bunch of questions really stupidly about it. if they just wore a mask just and, for and once. look and this this is this is as much on me as it is on them i'm also stupid if the if i saw the president wearing a mask and he kept it on and he said <laughs> if he said i'm wearing my mask cuz it's good for me and it's good for you and we should wear a mask i would say oh wow he's really turning it around yeah me too <laughs> i would buy it i buy yeah. i buy the bullshit um I love that he gave uh, some sort of Medal of Honor award to a bunch of 90-year-old veterans and didn't wear a mask. And when asked uh, why not, he said, the wind was blowing in a direction that even if I spit on them, it wouldn't have hit them. And I was like, this guy, this guy is like literally has the same logic that like my little brother did when he was seven. I was going to say he's got my like he's got my aunt, my aunt, my, my wonderful aunt's logic. Uh, she's like about his age and she hates him. So I'm not I'm not throwing her under the bus as be, she's you know, she doesn't like him at all. But um, 
she just has her own little internal logic. And I think that most people are like that, but I think it's kind of hard to operate on your own timetable and your own set of uh, rules and logic when you are the president of the United States. Yeah, it's really a shame. Um, can I tell you? Can I tell you a food update? I I want I want to hear I want to hear about it all, please. All right. Well, I'm sleeping, so that's good. Um, Great. Hmm. Still single somehow. <laughs> kidding i know exactly i know exactly how uh it's because a i don't want to date and b uh you're not allowed to touch people um and oh i have a weird update so i was as we all as everyone knows i I was vegan for a long time i was vegan for years and vegan but would eat eggs um and uh last year at some point started eating meat and uh it was feeling good and this is dave one of the most strange things that happened to me, I was cooking a piece of steak. Uh-huh. <clears throat> yes. And I just started crying. <gasps> I know. And I can't stop. Oh my God. Crying when I talk about it. It was so weird. It hit me. It hit me. Like I always knew the reasons for being vegan or vegetarian, right? I always knew cognitive reasons. I've read every book. I've watched every documentary. I am informed. And I love animals, but I've never had a reaction like that. And I was cooking this piece of steak and I just started crying and I couldn't stop crying and I couldn't eat it. And it's been about a week and a half and I have not been able to eat meat since. I don't know what happened. Whoa. I know it was like a very, um, I know it was emotional. I felt sad that I had killed an animal basically so that I could eat it. I felt sad that like, oh, it was living at some point. And then I was like, I don't know. It just hit me in such a bad way that I was like, I don't feel like I can do this. How, um, how have you been feeling physically since you've stopped uh, eating meat a week and a half ago because you didn't start eating meat again because you were like oh man I wish I could have a burger right now you did no. it right because your doctor was like you need I, I suggest you start doing this right mm-hmm. well it was my heart doctor and my um, acupuncturist but the truth is like you can also supplement by just taking a multivitamin and then eating vegan or vegetarian, however you want. Um, I feel really good after it feels in alignment with my emotional reaction. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, I feel good. I feel, I'm trying not to define it necessarily, but I definitely have not eaten meat. Um, I feel good. I feel physically very good. I just have to watch my blood pressure. My blood pressure gets really low. So I just have to make sure it's high enough and that's it. Um, but I feel good. I feel Oh God, I feel like I, you know, I, I knew the reasons for being vegetarian. I knew them all, but it's never hit me in an emotional way until that happened. And how interesting that it would happen during social, like social isolation where I'm cooking for myself. Like, I don't, I can't even tell you how many times I've cooked a steak, almost never, you know? So I think it makes sense, but it's, but it was also like, it felt so bad, Dave. I couldn't stop crying. Huh. I, well, you have dogs. So this, this theory is going to go totally out the window, but say in a world where you don't have dogs, you're social isolating, you're not around a a single living thing. And then the closest thing you can get to being around a living thing is something that used to be alive that you're now cooking and eating. Terrible. 
probably doesn't feel good. No, I and, I totally and I don't think I, I totally could. understand. Yeah, and I don't think. Here's what I will say. Everything in my life is sort of lining up to be more compassionate. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm gentler on myself. I'm gentler on other people. I love my animals and I treat them like my children. And, um, you know, I, I don't know. It just, I don't leave, I try not to leave a huge imprint on the world. Like I drive a Prius and I, I buy secondhand clothing because it's, you know, everything lines up to being like, Hey, this is the next thing. And I have already done it before, but it, it was so interesting. I, I, w- I would love to hear if any listeners have ever had that experience. Cause I've never had an emotional response to it, but, um, man, it felt very, uh, it felt like my body was telling me something like from a real place, you know, as hippie as that sounds. Oh, uh, absolutely. No, no, no. It, it totally look, I mean, Hippie or not, uh, and and I mean, if 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 the food section of this show has taught us anything over the years, it's that you just have to listen to your body because it is yeah. trying to tell you something. I mean, and the, and it, that can be as 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 specific as um. God, this is really interesting. I I'm now thinking of uh. I just I watched something last night that was incredibly harrowing, and I don't want to talk about it too much, but uh it's reminding me like you're having an emotional physical response to something your body is telling you i don't want to do this anymore totally great reason not to do something anymore and uh last night i was i just i was trying to you know i couldn't sleep again i was up from 12 to 3 45 in the morning and i watched daryl hammond from snl who used to do like president clinton uh has this truly harrowing awful story of of just insane childhood trauma and Aww. abuse that he like uh, that he was suppressing for years and years and years. And then yeah. he wrote a memoir and then adapted it into a stage show. And then somebody made a documentary about that. And so I watched it and it's, I, it's certainly not light viewing. He's a very dark troubled man, but he had the author, they interviewed the author of the book, the body keeps the score or holds yes. the score. Do you know this book? Um, um, yes. The body uh, bought your body keeps score or something. I think it's your, the body keeps the score and it's, and it's about, yeah, how trauma is stored. And, um, I just, uh, you know, that's a very, I, I would say that's a fairly more extreme version and then having a, you know, a physical aversion to eating meat. But I just think, you know, we, you have to, especially, and I say this for, just strictly for myself, now that I'm getting older, I do have to listen to my body more. I was, you know, uh, I was on a very good clip of exercising almost f- sometimes five, a lot of times four times a week for like an hour each time. Yeah. And uh, my back has really been bothering me lately and Aww. the exercising is supposed to help it. So I've just been, I just been laying off of it for a couple of days and yeah. I already feel a little bit better. And I think good. pushing it would have been a mistake. I think pushing forward and continuing to eat meat after you had a full, you know, physical, emotional breakdown while doing it would have been a mistake for you. Yeah. Um, a mistake with a hyphen. Sorry, but um, oh I think God. that uh, I no 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 please don't please don't don't quit I the show. Love it. <laughs> I'm actually I actually am committing to four more seasons after that. <laughs> four more seasons. You heard it here first, guys. We uh-huh. will we will take any and all sponsors and guests. Um, but uh, but that is um okay. That is a very significant food update. It's huge. Um, all I, I can. Yes. Do you go have ahead. One? Oh, I also have a book. Uh, go rec- ahead. I, I didn't want to cut you off. Oh, you're wonderful. Um, I have a book recommendation. 
that I've been reading. Mm-hmm. Um, I read, it's called Untamed by Glennon Doyle. And she has an entire chapter about burning it all down. And I just was like, oh, we have to recommend <gasps> this because it's, it's such a good book. It, an incredible listen. I'm listening on Audible. I'm almost done with it. It's really powerful. It's geared towards women, but I think if anyone listened to it, they'd find a lot of great information. It's like, it's not a self-help book, but it is um, an incredible book for like coming into your power. Is it a memoir? No, but no, it's just like stories and antidotes from her life. I mean, but it's like, it's it's health, self-helpy in a way, but like, I just like that she's... Essentially, she's like saying, like, let's not apologize for being us. Do you know what I mean? Like, let's stop um, apologizing. Like, women are, are always playing so small. And it's honestly about trusting your your inner voice, which I just really liked. And I love that there's a chapter about burning it down. So I was like, this is such a I burn everything wreck. Oh, can you hear me? Yes. Okay. I think now we are on a pretty significant delay. <laughs> And not only are we on a delay, this is going to be, this is going to sound, uh, it's, it's, I, the irony to end all ironies. You were just, uh, very eloquent, eloquently, t- I'm sorry to laugh. You were very eloquently <laughs> speaking about a passage from the book and, and how you appreciated it and how it taught women, or, or you think it, it is good uh, for women to hear and read because it, it teaches them. Uh, or or it speaks about how they shouldn't be afraid to have more of a voice. And as you were talking about that specifically, you were, your voice was going out and becoming very uh, like digitized and, and, <laughs> and, and hard to hear and garbled. And um, the, just the pure irony in that, I think maybe the, the, <laughs> the delay we had was, it has, has righted itself. And um, I, <laughs> I think maybe, I think, I think we can keep it all in. Uh, or do some light tweaks to it, but I think that I, I your point is totally uh, felt, and I think what Untamed by Glennon Doyle. Yes. Um, oh. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can hear you perfectly. I think. I think. I think. <laughs> I think we prayed to the gods of Zencaster, and they heard us, and now we can now we can resume as as planned. Um, I thought for a second that maybe Zencaster was trying to silence women, which I was like, that explains <laughs> it. <laughs> Um, wow you know they they make this service free during the time of coronavirus <laughs> and yet then they shut the women out you know we are not we are not just Zencaster is not just for the joe rogan crowd this is for everybody you know what i'm saying <laughs> and also um, if any of the companies that sell supplements to joe on joe rogan's show want to sponsor us that's fine i i won't i don't i won't hate on you either bring on the rogan heads oh my bring gosh on the supplements. bring them on bring on info wars we love you we love you. Um, do we um, do we want to read any of those emails or do you? Oh, I do. Yes. Uh, okay. And and real quick, uh, since since you so so eloquently gave a a um a a great recommendation, I got to give one. It's a little bit of a no brainer, but I was even behind the curve on this. Um, the Last Dance, the ESPN um, mm. documentary about Michael Jordan. It's 10 yes. parts. It's absolutely phenomenal. Uh, I, I just, I, I, I mean, I, anything I could say about it has already been said. Um, I just, uh, I'm, I'm in awe of it. It also really brings me back. It's as a, as a, uh, 
I've just been thinking a lot about being a white uh, Jewish kid from the suburbs growing up like in in uh, in the 90s. And so the Beastie Boys documentary and the Michael Jordan documentary have come out in the last couple of weeks, like concurrently. And it's very um, triggering is the wrong word because it brings back kind of nice memories. But they just have some shots of the dream team, the U.S. Olympic team in 1992. And they show all of these kids with like dream team mm-hmm. hats and T-shirts greeting Larry Bird, and Michael Jordan. And they look. I mean, even though I was nine at the time, some of them are a little older than me in these shots. Stevie, they look like me. <laughs> they just oh. look like a little goofy, little dumb boy being like, oh, my God, I couldn't love basketball <laughs> anymore. I love Michael Jordan. I don't know that he has a gambling problem. All I know is that he's the greatest man to ever uh, walk the earth. I love that. I need to watch it. I haven't watched it yet, um, but I love that as a recommendation. Also, I think there should be a word for when something triggers you in a, in a nostalgic way. Like, there should be a word for that. Hmm. Is there? Can we do a little bit of a workshop? Yeah, uh, we could workshop it. Okay, Cause... let's see. Um... <laughs> well, if trigger means trigger means to bring up something bad, right? And it's and trigger is technically like a gun. Mm-hmm. So what is something more gentle that reminds you of childhood? A water balloon hitting you. Okay, so it's like a, a splash. It's like a splat. Oh, a splash <laughs> or a splat? A splash. I got splash. Like a, well, I- splash. It's like a splash or it's like a flash splash or um I mean you could also say I got ballooned. I got um or like a, got- it's like that thing when you're like um you know when you like smell something from your childhood and it's just like it's just so gentle. It's like a gentle breeze. It's almost like you got breezed. <laughs> Or like a breeze is blowing past you, like you got blown. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other day I was walking and I got blown in the middle of the street. <laughs> Everybody was looking at me. I was like, don't worry. I'm just remembering something from my childhood. I'm just as I'm being blown. <laughs> you know what? Let's keep, let's keep the. We got to keep let's that. Let's keep the workshop ongoing. It's an open workshop. Yeah. Yep, great um, idea. Listeners, you can email us at iburneverythingpod at gmail.com. I am going to just read one of our emails real quick. We've got yes. uh, we've got actually a bunch, so keep them coming, and we'll read them all on future episodes. Um, Rebecca says, hello, I started listening to your podcast when Chris Fairbanks was your guest. You guys are really entertaining, so thank you for that. Would you recommend I start from the beginning, or can I just start listening in real time? Beck. Uh, Beck, to you I will say, thank you for listening. I'm glad Fairbanks brought you in. He's a wonderful man. Um I would suggest skipping around. I think you could start at the beginning, but we're not telling any sort of linear story. So I think just bop around and read the descriptions and anything that sounds super fun to you. The, the beginning of this season, we had um, Noel Wells and Josh Rubin on. They were really amazing. In the past, we've had some pretty wild episodes with people like Aaron McGaffey. Uh, Alex Blagg was a great one. Mm-hmm. Um, Jake Wiseman, if you go back in time and listen to Jake Wiseman from several years ago, creator of uh, Comedy Central's so Corporate. Good. He really tore me a new one on that one. He really goes hard. Um, he goes hard. Uh, you can dig for some buried treasure and find an episode that with my ex-girlfriend about our uh, relationship that we were in at the time, but I wouldn't suggest that one. <laughs> um, no. <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> But that one's actually, actually, that one's really funny. So maybe, maybe actually do listen to that yeah, one. Yeah, she's so funny. And we're pals now. Um, what else? Uh, Stevie, you got a favorite one? Uh, my favorite, probably one of my top favorites is one you already recommended. I really love the Alex Blagg one. Um, oh, yeah. I, I really like the Gabby Dunn episode. And from, oh, yeah. 
Yeah, that one was great. And from this season, um, I I mean, I like the one we just did with Rebecca and I love Chris Fairbanks um, and the Josh Rubin one also. So, yeah. And also, you know, some of our some of our solo ones with just you and me are fun because they kind of place us in time. Um, Actually, Rebecca, I'll I'll end uh, our our comments about this with with this prior to season. Wait, are we in season three? Yes. Yes. The first, so the first two seasons, I will not say that you need to listen to everyone, but we really did reveal a lot about our personal lives. So if you're curious, you don't have to start at the beginning of time, but if you want to see where we were at in 2015, 2016, 2017, um, check Yikes. seasons one and two and uh, and don't tell us what you found because we've been trying to block that those memories out. Yeah, it uh, almost feels, doesn't it almost feel like for me... Like I tell everyone to start at season three, like the first episode of season three, because yeah. for me, it feels a little bit like ugh, it feels like we've let someone read our diary. And I was Absolutely. like, oh, man, but that's OK. You know, you live and you learn. And th- some, of, <laughs> some of those are great. Yes. Um, and a quick shout out to uh, very, very recent guest, Rebecca Bolness. Um she was yeah, just a ter- terrific guest. I was talking to her and she said something to the effect of, ha ha, right after I went on your show talking about how I hate apps and I'm done with them, I matched with somebody and I'm like losing my mind, going crazy talking to them. I like them so much. So I, I offered to have her do a quick like phone check in uh, during this outro, but we both agreed it would probably be better to let it let it lie and see where she's at. Um uh, you know, in the future, give her a couple of weeks to let that gestate and see what happens. And then also, she posted and and texted me about her her little cousin, who I believe is twenty. Yes. Uh, who at one point went viral for dancing on on TikTok or Vine or something, but yeah, is like a big internet star, is a big fan of our show, and couldn't believe to hear let that she could hear her cousin uh on the show and was like and was freaking out about it. So if you're listening. Uh, thank you. I'm glad you have some new context and that, uh, the hosts of a show you like actually know, uh, your cousin. So your cousin's great. You're great. (laughs) I don't actually know what your name is because your Instagram name, I think is not your full name. So, uh, whoever you are, thanks for listening. And I hope you're having a great, (laughs) I almost said, I hope you're having a great quarantine. Oh my Um, God. Stevie, where can people find us? They can find us, uh, anywhere you find podcasts on, um, and you can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and you can email us at iBurnEverythingPod at gmail.com and I still don't know our phone number so if you can do that. 213-458-5236 is our telephone number and we just got a brand new review on iTunes or on Apple Podcasts. The Steve's Kitchen and Alston shout out really warmed my heart. Love this podcast and the subject line is Alston. So the story about me getting hit by a car uh, warmed, <laughs> warmed someone's heart. <laughs> so... <laughs> the fact that I got hit by a car in front of wonderful and still open Steve's Kitchen in Alston, Massachusetts made somebody's day. So hope at least somebody got something out of that story. Yeah, a lot more than you did. Um, yeah. <laughs> Email <laughs> us. Listen, keep listening to our show. Skip around if, if you're if you're behind and you haven't heard them all. And um, we'll keep coming at you every single week until they let us out of our fucking houses. And then maybe we'll take a break or something. But until yeah. then, we got no excuse, guys. Uh, we love you. Uh, Stevie, I'm coming to your yard to see the dogs sometime yes, soon. Please. I miss them and I miss Come you. And um, I'll talk to you soon. All right. Goodbye. Goodbye.
Himes, and I am a ghostwriter, meaning I write other people's books for them. And I have a podcast called I Will Write Your Book, which are recordings of my meetings with my eccentric clients, such as a woman blocked after one sentence of a children's book about her dogs, a romance novelist who dislikes sex, and a man proud of having sampled everything in his local grocery store. This podcast has been described as fully improvised, played by some of the best comedians on the planet Earth. Hey, that's pretty good. That's I Will Write Your Book on Campfire Media. Campfire.